Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. Today I'll be joined by John Ives. He is a representative from the Power Workers Union, and we will be discussing all things jobs and all things union related. Okay, welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind just taking a couple minutes and introducing yourself so that our listeners get a feel for who you are. Sure. My name's John Ives. I'm a staff officer with the Power Workers Union. And basically, that is a union representative. Um, I report directly to the president, and my current role has me looking after government relations and, and policy within the union. Okay. I've been, I've been doing this for about um, 30 years. Uh, prior to that, I was an electrician, and I actually started my career as an electrician at the Bruce Nuclear Power Development. Oh, very cool. So maybe I'm kind of wondering if we should start at the very basics, like, you know, with the DGR potentially coming um, to South Bruce, there's a lot of questions around employment um, and job opportunities. And maybe we should just cover very briefly, like what exactly is a union and what is the Power Workers Union? I'll, I'll start with the Power Workers Union. We are actually, this year is our 75th anniversary. We started as a employee association representing the employees of the old Ontario Hydro back in 1946. Uh, we've grown since that time from 2,600 members back then. We are, we're now about 18,000 members and we represent employees of the different companies or a number of different companies in the electricity sector, including Bruce Power, Ontario Power Generation, Hydro One, London Hydro, Toronto Hydro, and the Nuclear Waste Management Organization. So we represent the employees that work there in, in certain classifications, obviously not in the management roles or uh, and, and not in some of the engineering technical roles that, that uh, are represented through a different union. What a union is generally is we are a voice of the working people in for the company, the employer, in the case of the DGR project, if, if it was to to go forward, the employer would hire their employees and those employees would become members of the Power Workers Union. So we're not involved in the recruitment, but we are involved in the representation. And then we would negotiate collective agreements with the employer, NWMO, and, and make sure that the people had the appropriate safety training, the appropriate skills training, um, and, and were paid appropriately and had their basically their employment rights uh, looked after by what I would consider is one of the best uh, unions in in Ontario. I'm biased, but I do have to agree. So how does, this is maybe an obvious question to some, but how do you become a member of the union? Like, how do you go about, how does that happen? Um, again, um, employers recruit and, and hire people. Once the people come into the workplace, they automatically join the union uh, that is there. Um, the union has those rights, those bargaining rights, by virtue of usually some organizing campaign 
that has happened in the past. So again, in, in our case, NWMO was a spinoff from Ontario Power Generation, which was um, our one of our collective agreements. So when they formed their own company, we received what they call successor rights, uh, which means that we are the union for the employees of NWMO. Again, not all employees, management is excluded as are certain other classifications and certain other jobs. But, but for, the, for the most part, the workers of NWMO would be members of the Power Workers Union. And like I say, they're hired by the employer, they're recruited and hired by the employer, and then they come in and then they fall under our collective agreement. Okay. Kind of two follow-up questions. I hope I don't forget one of them by the time I get through the first. So just to be clear, the PWU, it does not only represent nuclear workers, right? It's anyone in the energy sector. Uh, we represent, as I said, 18,000 members, and those are everyone from working on the power lines um, for Hydro One, so power line technicians, to people at Bruce Power and, and other employers. Um, very diverse. Um, we represent uh, clerical administrative individuals. We represent security guards. We do represent nuclear operators, obviously, and we also represent line persons and foresters that, that work around the province. Okay. And then the second question that I was thinking of is more of a kind of what I like to call debunk the rumors kind of thing. There are individuals in South Bruce who like to say that, you know, none of the jobs are going to go to local people because they're going to all go to union workers as if the union has this huge pool of people just waiting on the sidelines to come in and take all those jobs. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm just curious if we can, uh, like I know the answer, but if we should clarify, you know, whether the jobs are, the people getting the jobs are already union people or if they get the job and then become a union member. Um, the people get the job and then become a union member. In the case of the NWMO, the union does not supply workers to the employer. The employer, NWMO, hires the people that they want for the positions that they need to fill. And then those members, those people become members of the Power Workers Union. It's, you know, it is exactly the same as any other employer in, in Canada or unionized employer in Canada. At GM, for example, the union doesn't go out and recruit workers and then hire them and then send them to work at General Motors. At General Motors, they hire the employees and then those employees become members of the union at GM. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's my understanding of it as well. But I feel like that's a very important point to kind of drive home because that's a narrative that we're hearing a lot now that the focus is kind of starting to turn towards, you know, potential benefits for the communities and, you know, jobs is obviously a big one. It's going to be a huge employer. And uh, that seems to be the spin that people put on it is, well, local people won't get those jobs anyway, which I think is ridiculous. Of course, local people will get the jobs if they're qualified to do them. Very much so. And I think qualification is, is going to, going to be a large part of that. Um, I have had some discussions with the NWMO, and I know they're currently doing an analysis of the jobs and what is going to be required from a qualification standpoint in all of the jobs. But I think it's very fair to say that um, 
if the DGR pr proceeds in South Bruce, as, as we hope it does, the, the jobs will entail everything from the, the general administrative and, and, and operation, which includes cleaning and, and site keeping, you know, keeping the site neat and, and security, um, all the way up to some of the more highly technical standpoints that come on. Uh, that come come with working in a nuclear industry, so so there's going to be all of that. So assuming everybody meets the qualification that's required, then everyone will have an opportunity for that job. But some of them are going to be more highly technical than others. Right. I find that the big struggle we have is trying to keep the the narratives factual and accurate, and not so much what we find lately is a lot of just trying to put some doubt out there and spread around a lot of fictional storylines to try to scare people or or lead people away from the benefits of this project which you know I got told the other day that that oh Sheila she's in favor of the DGR because all she does is promote the DGR well I am in favor of DGRs I know that they are safe I don't know that I want one in South Bruce but I know that they're safe and yeah, I do a lot of time talk about the benefits in terms of jobs and the project because no one else is talking about that, you know? And I think it's an important part of the conversation. I think it's an incredibly important part of the conversation. I, I think uh, the science um, is clear. The science shows that the DGR is safe and the benefits to the community, uh, you know, we're talking about 40 years of work for for just under 500 people mm -hmm. um yeah and that's only the operations phase and that's that's only the operations phase and that's only the direct jobs that that doesn't include the indirect jobs it doesn't include the suppliers and it doesn't include what what uh, nwmo is calling induced jobs this is direct hires and you know the average wage for for people working in the nuclear industry is not low you know oh, they're good jobs they are good jobs they pay well they usually come with decent benefits um and, and that's what we as a union promote ourselves on we promote ourselves on making sure that our members receive the right pay for their jobs with good benefits mm -hmm. um you know so so you're talking literally millions of dollars a year of direct um, wages being paid into the community because people that work there are going to live there. Yep. You're not going to have people working at, at uh, in the DGR in South Bruce traveling to and from Toronto. They're not going to do that. They're going to live in the, the immediate surrounding area where they work because that's just makes sense that's what that's what people do yeah well and it's very similar to bruce power right most most of the workers live in bruce county there are some that that commute there are a few that primarily live in toronto but they're not the normal you know like the norm is to live close by uh, i would i would suggest that probably 98 percent of the operations workers at bruce power work and live in that in the area so 
we were kind of talking about benefits to the community. So let's just um, briefly kind of talk about what are the benefits of being a, you know, quote unquote, union worker? Like, what are the benefits of being in a union? I, I think in my experience, union employees are generally paid more than non-union workers. That's a generalization I know, and it's not always 100% accurate, but I can, you know, very often the, the exceptions to that are companies that are paying above the rate the union worker would get because they want to try and entice their employees not to join the union. I, I personally think that's very short-sighted. I think unions offer all kinds of benefits to the membership aside from pay and benefits and that sort of thing. As an example, what I'm doing here today, I am advocating on behalf of our membership for something that we believe as a union is good for our membership in general, and it's good for the community. Again, you've got to keep in mind, we have thousands of employees and members of Bruce Power who live in that area. We're not gonna put them at jeopardy. And in fact, the, the PWU has a very long history uh, of standing up for safety for our members, both at work and outside of work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for 50, for 50 years, our members have run nuclear safety plants without a significant uh, safety incident. That's a huge history that you can't you can't just dismiss. And as a union, we like to take some credit for that because we do get involved with our employers. We do speak to our employers and, and our members are the experts when it comes to running these, these, uh, these plants, just as our members will be the experts at running a DGR. They're the ones that don't know how things get done. They'll understand the safety implications that go through and we'll make sure that that does happen because that's our job as a union. We protect our members and we make sure that our members and the people that are working are going to be working safely. And I think that is probably the single biggest benefit um, of, of joining a, a union similar to ours is we do take that stuff very seriously. Mm -hmm. I know like, as a nuclear worker, again, I'm biased, but I am quite proud of Canada's nuclear safety record. Considering, you know, we've had nuclear for a long time, you know, it's phenomenally, it's been a phenomenally safe record in Canada. And then, you know, there, there's not a lot of people that go to turn on the lights and flip the switch and don't get light. And a lot of that has to do with nuclear power in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that I've been tackling lately, people who don't live near a nuclear plant assume that they don't get nuclear power. And it's trying to explain that, you know, it all goes to the grid. And yeah, 60% of the power that is available to you right now, if you are on the grid, comes from a nuclear plant. It doesn't matter if you don't live near one. It doesn't even matter if you're in Ontario and you don't know, you didn't know we had nuclear plants. You're still getting nuclear power. Yeah, 100% correct. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I feel like that creates one of the big issues, you know, or just a lack of knowledge of where your power comes from. I, I, I think it's, 
not necessarily a lack of knowledge as much as it doesn't matter. As long as you turn on the switch and the light comes on, then that's really all that matters to the majority of people in Ontario. And, and that's all that should matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you get the power? You know, are, are, is your family in danger from how it's being produced, either through a natural gas plant or through a nuclear plant or through a windmill? Um, you know, how, is, how it's being produced as long as it's safe is paramount all kinds of power has its um has its downside um the difference between nuclear power and gas generation for example is we know exactly where the spent nuclear fuel is down to the tiniest milligram we know where it is we know how it's stored we know it's safe we know it's secure and we know it's going to be kept that way Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at natural gas, for example, you have a, you, you, we know what it produces. It produces greenhouse gases. We haven't yet figured out how to deal with those. I think we will. But as of today, we have not figured out how to deal with greenhouse gas. So we're just putting more gas into the atmosphere. And we're having more tornado events, uh, as, as you had in your neighborhood, uh, uh, you know, warnings last weekend. Yeah. Uh, forest fires, extreme heat alerts, extreme cold alerts. Um, you know, it, it's unprecedented, the, the climate we're having. And that's as a result of fossil fuels, burning fossil fuels. So, so we need to figure a way of doing that until we do. Nuclear is clean. Nuclear is safe. And, and like I say, we know every bit of nuclear fuel is accounted for. Mm-hmm. That's what worries me a little bit with the pending, I guess it's not even pending, the coming Pickering shutdown, you know, is that they're going to have to replace that 24-7 nuclear with something and it's going to be gas, you know, that's why Ontario's gas projections are going up. And, you know, not that, not that gas is a bad way to produce power, but when we're going to replace an emissions-free nuclear station with gas stations, like that's going a step backwards. Um, Ontario took a very bold step in stopping generating electricity using coal. It was a a step that was not inexpensive, but I think it was the right step. Now we have some other challenges Um, from the PWU. We're advocating for clean energy. Ontario is known as a clean energy jurisdiction, and we risk losing that. I weigh the different options that are available for a DGR, for building more gas plants, for building more nuclear plants. And when you look at it, when you look at costs, when you look at safety, when you look at the environment, I'm not sure how anyone can come to a conclusion that doesn't doesn't make nuclear a significant part of that mix, especially in Ontario, where, where, where realistically we've, we've maxed out our hydroelectric generation capability without going and flooding all kinds of land and creating other mm-hmm. environmental issues that come along with that. You know, d- nuclear has to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with the, the spent nuclear fuel the used nuclear fuel is is there. It's 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 something we have to we have to come to grips with. 
I think the NWMO and the CNSC and both OPG and Bruce Power in Ontario and, and New Brunswick Power and Hydro-Quebec have been working together very well and very hard to come up with something that is safe, that is not going to create an environmental issue and is going to work for the people of Canada and the people of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, something, something else I find kind of interesting when I brought up Pickering there is, you know, you've probably heard it, that we don't need a DGR because we can do rolling stewardship is this thing that people are promoting in place of the DGR, you know, keep it where it is because the nuclear plants will always be operating and there's always going to have to be spent fuel there in the bays and in dry storage till it moves, you know. And I, I like to kind of use Pickering now as an example of well, what do we do here, right? Like Pickering is slated to close, close in 2025, I think. So yeah. what do we do with all of that? Do we leave that waste on the lake shore when the plant shut down? Like, what do you want to do with that? Because I think that's a real example of where rolling stewardship is here in our face. And I think, is that actually a solution? Well, it, I, I, I don't like to characterize it as nuclear waste because it's not. It, it's spent fuel. It's used fuel that, that still has life in it. Um, if we can figure and when we can figure out how to reuse it, I think you're going to find that's going to be the preferred option for everyone. However, I, I think that we also need to be realistic that when a plant like Pickering closes down, there's, there's a certain amount of fuel that we have to, to, to deal with. And, and the DGR is, is the safest, most accepted practice of doing so. You know, um, I've read the science. I can't tell you I understand the science, but I've read the science um, and I've read the analysis of it. And I haven't seen anyone debunk what that science is there have been a lot of people who just don't want to see something like this in their community and 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 i think one of the one of the best things about the process that the nwmo is going through right now is they are asking the communities nobody's nobody's saying you have to do this Right. What they're saying is, is we've done our tests and we believe these tests make this a safe place for this to happen. Um, we're going to continue to do tests. What we're offering you as a community is jobs, is, is industry, a tax base, and, and our best scientific evidence that says that everything is proper and appropriate and 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 in return you allow us to come into your community i i think that's i i, I would have to say a canadian way of doing things yeah. you know it's not marching in and saying this is what's going to happen take it or leave take it it's it's asking for input and i think it's important that when you ask for input and when you give people a choice, that you give people the true message, mm-hmm. the facts, not the colored facts, not the hyperbole, not the one minute canned speech about why this is bad and this is good. 
I think you give people the facts and you allow people to make their own informed decision. And if this podcast helps that in any way of giving people that understanding of why the DGR is a good idea and why citing the DGR in South Bruce would be advantageous to people of South Bruce, then I hope I've done my part on that. <laughs> you know, but, but I think that's, that's all anybody is asking is what are the facts? What's the truth? Not what's it. How, how do you, how do you get to play it? It's what is the truth? Mm-hmm. And I, I find that's, that's my biggest thing is, you know, we have, it's, I have this really, I don't want to say it's a fear. I'll say it's a concern, you know, that people are grasping on to these very highly emotive anti-nuclear arguments that usually aren't relevant or aren't exactly accurate you know and they're sticking to those and they're ignoring anything that comes at them that doesn't fit that narrative right and to me it's I just want people to actually take the time to learn about the project and make a decision for yourself not based on what your neighbor thinks not based on what your grandma thinks you know I want you to I want people to look at it and actually make a decision based on what they themselves have learned and heard and researched. Well, well, again, I, I, I look at the, I look at the numbers and when it comes to jobs, um, 500 or just under 500 regular full-time positions, um, up to another 1500, associated jobs coming to an area is huge i you know aside from bruce power i think it probably makes that employer the single largest employer in in the area or be very close to it yeah i'm i feel like that like with 500 people working there i feel like that would be the biggest employer in south bruce for sure yeah uh, you know and you know i i have driven through south south bruce quite often I did have family living in Port Elgin for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I honestly do not believe that that is going to be spoiled in any way by a DGR cited in, an, in the community. It will remain that way. And it's, and again, like I say, the science is, is clear. The science is 99.9% kind of thing and the only reason is you'll never a scientist who's going to say 100 percent because they know better well there's just just an impossibility 100 percent is one of those numbers that nobody can can find Mm -hmm. but but i i can't find any scientists on on the anti dgr side that says it's 100 percent that it is going to happen either Mm -hmm. yeah i um i find myself I find myself saying a lot of the same things over and over again, but there's this big focus on if this fails or if this goes wrong or what, and I'm like, why is nobody talking about what if this goes as planned and it's perfect and nothing bad ever happens, you know, like this very well could, and I believe it would be fine. I, I, I think that everybody is going, has to 
to be quite honest, has to ask what will happen if this goes wrong. And then those the people have to then have an honest assessment of what's the likelihood of it going wrong. Mm -hmm. I think you always have to plan for the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. And then you have to weigh what that looks like. And I, like I say, I, I weigh what this looks like. I, I weigh the benefits to, to that community, to your community. And I, I, I don't see a negative on for for the community in general and for the for the area and for the province and and actually for the country I, there there's not a lot of negatives there mm -hmm. yeah i i agree there are there are some for sure but for me there's nothing there's still questions that i need to have answered before i would be ready to say yes build it i'm not in a position where i'm ready to say yes i am in a position where i believe it's safe and i believe it can be done safely yeah there's definitely some questions still to be answered but i i'm kind of with you on that i believe scientifically and technically i believe it yeah so so again i'm uh, and, and i've talked spoken about the operational jobs and the the almost 500 jobs that are going to be there for 40 years you know that that's people starting their career working for a lifetime and then retiring um on on top of that, prior to the operations of the the, uh, the DGR site itself, you've still got another 10 years of construction where almost 1500 people are going to be coming into the to the to the area, spending their money and 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 constructing the facilities. Those are primarily going to be construction workers. Um, the same construction workers who currently work at Bruce Power. Are going to be the construction workers that come out and work at uh, the DGR site, and that's you know so a lot of those people are local. Mm -hmm. As I said, forty odd years ago, I started my apprenticeship at Bruce Power. I grew up in Port Elgin. You're going to have people who start their apprenticeships at the DGR site who are from the area. And they're going to get a trade. Maybe one of them will become a staff officer with the Power Workers Union. You know, I, I maybe one of them will become a nuclear operator at Bruce Power somewhere down the future. Um, but it's because they got their start working at NWMO when they were building it. And I think that's that's you know you you, you can't put a price on something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it, a good, it's, uh, it's a good. It's a good. What do you call it? jumping board you know like it's a good it's a great start off for people it's a career it's the start of a career for a lot of people and you know and mostly you know again it's going to be local people um because it it, it really doesn't make sense not mm -hmm. to train local people but economically it's you know yeah it doesn't make sense to to go searching other parts of Ontario when you have a workforce there. There seems to be this, you know, negative stigma surrounding union workers, you know, like, oh, union workers. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think people have this, oh, union workers? My experience has been a lot of it comes from jealousy. I was talking to a gentleman uh, 
a couple of years ago, uh, and we were just uh, getting ready to to institute some uh, computer program changes at, at where I was working or uh, of a place I was involved with. And he happened to live in Grand Valley, in you know, just a small community, not not dissimilar to Mild Métis Water uh, mm-hmm. or those areas. And he said, unions have a bad name in our area. Why is that? Um, my response was, well, the fact that they have a bad name is, I, th- I said, I can't explain why people think the way they do. But what I can tell you is if I went to your local high school and I stood in front of a crowd of your grade 10, 11, and 12 students and said, who here wants a job working in the electricity sector through the power workers union when they graduate from high school, I can tell you 50% of those people will put up their hands. People may not like or understand what unions do, but they definitely like the results of what unions do, mm-hmm. especially when they work for them. Uh, you know, I, I said our members make good wages. Our members have good benefits. Our members have retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and I feel like there's a certain amount of job protection there too, right? Like your your employer can't just fire you because he feels like it you know we represent our members you know our our we are obligated legally to represent members in their relationships with the employers and if an employer fires one of the power worker union members as a union we are obligated to investigate and 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 grieve that and file a grievance and challenge that if we don't believe that it's justified. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what we do. We're very good at it because that's our job. Mm-hmm. I sometimes wonder if that's, you know, if just the whole, you know, non-unionized workers, you know, they don't have that same, you know, benefits, pension packages, um, job security, you know, and I do, I do sometimes wonder myself, the people who are preaching, you know, that, oh, union workers, it's, they're, they probably aren't a union worker, you know? I, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being in a union. I think it is a great thing. If you drive down the road and you see in construction season in Ontario and you see a group of employees or a group uh, of workers um, redoing the blacktop on a highway or rebuilding a bridge, you have absolutely no, I have absolutely no idea whether they're unionized or not unionized. I I don't know. What I can tell you is they all look exactly the same to me. Mm -hmm. You know, they all follow the same rules. They all, you know, work the same way. And and very often you'll see two or three of them standing while while a fourth is in a hole doing something, getting ready to do their part of the job. Mm -hmm. No not because they're lazy, not because they don't know what they're doing, just because the work that they do is, is, is exactly that. You do your part of the job and you do that and then you let the next person do his part of the job and so on. 
And if the work is planned and done properly, then the, the waiting is less than it is if it's not planned. But again, you can't tell me who's unionized and who's not. Yeah. There is no difference. The idea of being unionized, again, from my perspective, it's job protection. It's somebody who's professional to speak on your behalf. And, and it's what, you know, can the union provide better wages than I would get otherwise? And I think that's the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things are a reason to belong to a union, but there are no difference between the people. Yeah. A worker's a worker. Yes. Well, that's all the questions I had for you today, John. Is there anything you would like to add before we wrap up? If me speaking to you today shed some light on on unions and what the power workers unions will do as as the union for NWMO in in South Bruce, then then I think that's very positive. And if it sheds some light on that and answers some people's questions, Again, we are involved in nuclear power. We have been involved in nuclear power. We're strong proponents of nuclear power. We know that spent nuclear fuel is an issue that needs to be dealt with and resolved. We believe that this is a safe and effective way of dealing with that used nuclear fuel. It doesn't come risk-free, but I think that the science shows those risks are minimal you know, incredibly minimal. Um, I, I would go as far as saying minuscule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. And, and, and as such, this is an opportunity for a community, and hopefully it's the community of South Bruce, to, to, to take that and say, you know what? We can make this work. We can make sure that it's safe. And, and, and we can control that. And, and by doing that, we can, we, we, we can help make the lives of people in our community better. One of my, um, one of my colleagues always says that, you know, Bruce County, we are probably the best place for a DGR. You know, we've got the largest operating nuclear plant in the world with the largest nuclear employee ratio in the world, right, in this county. There's probably nowhere with more nuclear experience than here. Very much so. Very much so. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, John. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. (laughs) 